Welcome to Vets to PM's Military Transition Academy podcast, the show where we discuss how to succeed in transitioning from the military service to the civilian workforce. This show and the academy it represents helps veterans transition into meaningful, lucrative post-service careers. Your primary host is Eric Doc Wright, PhD, Certified Manager, Military Veteran, Serial Founder, Best-Selling Business author, philosopher, linguist, and coach. Your other host is Jeremy Burdick, project management professional, scrum master, product owner, and retired Air Force chief, and the current COO of Vesta PM and the Professional Development Unit University, where we will interview veterans successful in corporate America and business to bring you nuggets of wisdom every episode to make you more successful. Next, let's introduce today's guest. Our special guest today is Phil Rank, a newly minted veteran after 24 years of active Army service as a warrant officer. In addition, he had the distinct pleasure of becoming a Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt. After retirement with an awesome family in the last frontier of Alaska, he co-founded a training and consulting company that allows him to use these skills to support the business community and the honor of continuing to train service members. To ensure he is capable of advising on all aspects of Lean Six Sigma credentialing, he went out and got them all. He achieved the Council for Six Sigma Certification, Master Black Belt, the International Association for Six Sigma Certification, or Isaac Black Belt, and the American Society for Quality Black Belt. He also deployed multiple times to Iraq and Afghanistan with amazing teams, and he and his family are outdoor enthusiasts. I can't wait for you to hear what he's got to say about Lean Six and project management and everything in between. So yeah, we live in a TikTok world, right? Twitter started that, 140 characters or less to say what you got to say, right? Yeah, that's it. And we tell them all the time. They're, and that's like, you can't explain the problem in two sentences. That's, you know, goes back to you know, Albert Einstein or any of them that talk about the clear and conciseness. You know, if I had 55 minutes to solve the problem, 50 of them would be spent looking up the right an- the right question. It's just Amen, dude. Amen. And you know that, you know that from your work as a project manager in the lean, you know, the business process side of the house, right? So you're a project manager, but they don't call you that. They call you a black belt, right? Because each, each dialect of project management has its own language, so to speak, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but you know, you make a really good point, Phil, and it's almost embarrassing, dude. I'm on the road for two weeks, a couple of weeks ago, teaching this agile stuff. Yeah. And I realized on the plane ride home, like, Holy cow, I spend months at a time chasing opportunities instead of knowing what I know, mm-hmm. instead of make assumptions and failing forward fast. Yeah. Like, hey, put it in an experiment, do it inside of a week, know that you know it or know that you were wrong and your assumption didn't hold, turn that assumption into a fact and get on down the road. And you made the comment, Phil, of you teach it and you don't do it. But yeah, I know you've heard the the joke oh, or the, yeah. the one-liner about the mechanic, right? What do they say about the mechanic? Yeah. They always yeah. got the worst cars. They, they, they always got the worst cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because they're working on everybody else's cars, right? That's right, Bernie. Yeah. We do so, the same and, thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, everybody says it, practice what you preach, right? And, and when, we're, when we're in our position, sometimes I feel like we're so close to it that it's hard to practice what you preach. And it's crazy because, again, in the classes, that's what I tell them. I tell them two things, practice what you preach. And then going back to the mechanic, we always get the same thing. Well, I don't have time for project management or I don't have time for Lean Six Sigma. Well, I mean, as you know, I grew up a mechanic. I was carrying a wrench when I could, when I could walk and I spent 24 yeah. years doing maintenance in the army. I tell them all the time. I'm like, if you don't schedule time for maintenance on your vehicle, it will schedule it for you. So don't give me the fact <laughs> that you don't have time. Time will make, you know, when you're not in business or you fail, it'll make time for you. 
but that practice what you preach is so hard. And what's funny is I'll be teaching classes and I'll say something and, and it's not, it's me not practicing what I saw. So I'll start taking notes and somebody's like, Oh, you know, are you writing this down? I'm like, no, I'm writing a list down of stuff that I need to do after class because <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching you with trying to teach myself at the same time. So yeah, Steps I could take to walk this walk, this talk, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, Hey man, Bill, since you, since you uh, started pulling on that thread for us, brother, tell the, uh, tell MTA podcast nation, like, you mentioned army. So what'd you do in the army? Like 24 years. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. You know, that's, I feel like I'm writing an award and that's when you sit down and you're like, what'd you do for the last year? <laughs> I don't know stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I did a lot, but I did do a lot at the same time, I guess, but uh, yeah, 24 years. Um, so yeah, I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is why I joined the army, right? I grew up with the Amish and I was like, wow, this is going nowhere. Like really fast horse and buggies are slow. So I joined the army when I was 17 and um, I joined for two years to go to college and 24 years later, I was done my two year hitch, you know, much like anybody else. That's like, wow, it was a really long two years. That took forever. Yeah. Um, but I just loved it. I loved my time in it. I was a mechanic. I became a warrant officer because I loved maintenance so much that I wanted to be single track on logistics. Um, in those 24 years, I mean, stationed all over the world, multiple deployments, more than I, that I would care to remember. Um, all that culminated into what do you do after you're done? And um, about 10 years ago, I found Lean Six Sigma. I found it because I was a logistician. I spent 24 years and in my time, 22 of those were in the tactical world. I started jumping out of airplanes when I was like 18. If I would have known then that I would never stop jumping out of them, I might not have done it, but I did. So I stayed tactical my entire career, 82nd Airborne, 173rd, you know, 425 up here in Alaska. If it was out of an aircraft, I was in it. Or what out I, of it is the case. Or, or out of it. Yeah, we're out of it <laughs> for lack of better terms, right? Um, but I love logistics. And because I got to be tactical, we would go to these engagements, whether it was an operation or a field exercise, and you'd watch logistics fail. You would watch, you know, uh, somebody, the command would come down and they're like, hey, you have 24 hours to plan a cast mission or some kind of an operational tactical mission. And the infantry guys, it was like watching poetry in motion. They were amazing. 24 hours, that thing was like butter. But, 70, but logistics was always 72 hours behind. And it didn't matter how good the logistician was. It was the process. And as, as a logistician, and I watched this over and over and over, I was like, we have got to support these guys the right way. You know, if the process is the problem and not the people, what solves that? Lo and behold, Lean Six Sigma was my savior at the time. We focused on a process, not the people. I'm like, whoa, that's it. Um, I got immersed in that, became a master black belt with the Army. Um, as I transitioned out of the army, uh, I realized I wanted to keep doing that. And that's kind of how Lean Alaska got born. Um, I started doing consulting and then soldiers started reaching back out for training. We found the perfect merriment. Here I am a year past, like this is actually my one year anniversary from out of uniform and Lean Alaska is my thing. And I spend all my time training soldiers, training civilians, training companies, um, focusing on their projects. Like that's, I think what separates some of the training from other things is I tell them our training, that's the honeymoon. You know, we're just getting to know each other while we're training. The project afterwards, that's the marriage because that's going to take us some time. It's going to take us some understanding. You know, we're going to be in Tuckman's model storming our cans off because, you know, it, you, you, it, nothing. if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So, so that's kind you of know, a short version of who I am and how I got here. And, and what a, I mean, you literally are a living manifestation of one of Deming's greatest tenets of his philosophy, right? Like, hey, yeah, Western management, you can keep firing the people that aren't doing the quality standard. Yeah. 
but you realize that the process is yours management so if it ain't working it's not the people it's the process oh it's the process you own it and so fire yourselves and of course we told him to take a hike and he went over and rebuilt japan right because if yeah (laughs) there was ever a petri dish like hey if you had it to do all over again if you could start from scratch they conveniently could start from scratch you know they built the place ground up using his teaching so it's it's just amazing that you would actually live one of those principles and you know no wonder i I can hear the excitement in your voice like hey man this this like speaks to me at a a cellular level so i'm gonna keep doing this when i get out Mm -hmm. so tell uh uh tell um, jeremy knows all about it but tell me about lean alaska brother yeah so like i said lean alaska was um you know as passionate as i am about it it was kind of a mistake right i didn't i didn't i didn't set out to start a, i always knew it was funny so for 10 plus just years, two years watched, baby i'm just gonna do a two-year hitch yeah just two, two-year hitch you'll see where i'm at in 24 right but yeah, so you know, for years, my wife and I were always like, I want to start a business. We own horses. We own reindeer. So from a business perspective, it was always in that field. But man, that's really hard to make a lot of money doing that. You know, you barely make enough to keep them going. Um, but, but what happened was I was doing Lean Six Sigma and uh, never really thought of starting a business doing it because I was still active duty. But I was in Barnes & Noble down in Anchorage. And um, so this, this tool book, right, the, the same one, the, the Bible that we all use, right, the, from the George Group when it comes to teaching, um, when we taught from the army, everybody that came to the class got that book. Well, I was teaching a course every quarter and you would buy them this book. So I went down to Barnes and Noble and I tried to buy that. They only had three. So I'm taking it off the shelf. And all of a sudden this lady comes like hauling butt down the damn aisle. She's like, what are you doing? And I dropped the book and I'm like, I'm in uniform. I'm paying. I swear to God, I'm not stealing your books. Cause I mean, I thought she was coming to tackle me. And she's like, every three months, 30 people come in here to buy this book. Why? I only carry three. I want to carry more. I said, well, that's my fault. I teach a course. <laughs> she asked what it was. I started explaining it. And but, but five minutes into that explanation, seven or eight people huddled around. It was like I was back on the podium again. It was like a hummingbird feeder. And they were all like, hey, I own a business in Anchorage. This sounds like it could help me. How do I come to your training? And I was like, well, unfortunately, unless you're a federal employee or a current soldier, you can't come on post for the training. But I was like, but here's my phone number. Call me. We can have a conversation. And I walked outside. Good answer. That in my car looked over at my wife and I was like, I think we just started something. And I explained it to her and she was like, you should call it Lean Alaska. I mean, just, it was that simple. And Lean Alaska was born right there in Anchorage's cool. parking lot. So I started consulting um, small businesses, moved into some medium businesses. As I retired, the people that I was training on active duty kept coming. Like my phone number didn't change. So they were like, I can't find a training program. Are you still training? So I went and got aligned with credentialing assistance for the army, for the air force, found a way they could use benefits to pay for the training. And then, and not to make this sound bad, I made the program better. So I took it from just the army standard. I added IASSC, ASQ, you know, project management, the project itself. Um, and that's how we grew in the lean Alaska. So now we train, uh, we train. You guys home. are literally the gold standard then. I mean, all your stuff is aligned to the highest benchmark you can get it aligned to. Yeah, it is. You know, we, we talk about these certifications, right? And, and when you're active and when you're not, they're like, oh, don't be a certification changer or chaser. You know, that kind of scared me as I kept doing the multiple versions of Lean Six Sigma. But what I found was when I talk to people that don't know what it is, they may Google Lean Six Sigma and all three of those come up. But because I'm, so I'm a CSSC master black belt. I'm an IASSC black belt because they don't have a master level. And I'm an ASQ black belt sitting their MBB course in July. Yes, I, ch- I won't say I chased those. Those tests were extremely hard. 
but I get so many questions now on what's the difference. And I'm, and I'm comfortable as a warrant officer, right? We're expected to have the right answer immediately. Like, don't guess, be, be sure of your answers. Well, now I'm doing that. I'm sure of the difference between those three bodies of knowledge and what their goals are. So from a lean Alaska perspective, I feel comfortable mentoring somebody into what they want, you know, what's your path kind of a thing. Are you doing this for a personal, for professional, for growth? What? Now we can discuss what that path needs to look like. So yeah, I, I, we did do all of those. Um, not to you know, just say, look at me. We did it so we could explain it properly. Yeah, yeah walk, walk the talk. There yeah. was a technical requirement. Essentially, you, you did that so that you have the distinction so you can lead people and be a guide so they get the right one that meets their requirements. So yeah. just in doing so, you help other people be lean because you can educate them on Hey, and, and we do it all the time at uh, Vets to PM2. It's like, well, if we're going to teach it, we better go get it. And we better go get a couple of the other ones. I mean, we've got multiple different scrum certifications because there's multiple out there. And then we, we honed in on the one that we think brings the most value and has the biggest teeth and other people see out in the marketplace. So that's what we went with uh, scrum.org. But uh, not to get too sideways on it, I think it's really cool that one, you saw that and not as a, uh, a chase of the certification, but more as I can educate people if I'm well-educated, right? So you've got to kind of walk that path. So I, th I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So your I new think war that... name now is Miyagi. Yeah. <laughs> you're the master black belt in like several different disciplines. So you're Miyagi. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if I could catch flies with chopsticks. Though. That would be, <laughs> that'd be a deal breaker, but, but yeah. no, and I, and I agree that, but, and that's why, that's why we started talking because I love the fact that vets to PM had that breadth and, and depth across something very specific like project management and the HR that you're working with because it explains so many things. And that's why, again, at the end of the class, like Doc, we talked yesterday, I'm going to have you on or, or JB, one of the two of you, I'd like to have on week four of every course that we change. Cause when I talk to them, I tell them, I'm like, when you're done with Lean Six Sigma, if you're asking me for my expertise as a guide, I'll, I'll guide you down the Lean Six Sigma path. But again, that's only half of my story. My other half gets handled by vets to PM. And, and I tell them, they're so in line with what Lean Alaska's principles are. They're the only one I'm going to recommend to you. That's just the way that it works. But um, because we have this conversation and I'd love to hear what you think about it because I hear this all the time from those that are just breaking into both of our worlds. Oh, I'm a project manager. I don't need Lean Six Sigma. Or, oh, I have Lean Six Sigma. I don't need project management. I hear that so many times. And my answer to them is you're wrong on both accounts. You need both of them if you want to be well-rounded. We're talking about timelines and results and really to manage those collectively, you need to have both skill sets. It's not a matter of which one do I take? It's which order do I take them to support my needs? You, you know, Phil, and, and that's such a great point, dude. And so Jeremy and I, you know, I talk about, I mean, that's, it, dude, I even wrote the book on it, bro. In chapter 21 is the book on project management, right? And in there, I talk about all the different, yeah, thanks, brother. I and talk about all the different, yeah, look at that guy. All the different flavors. So what I tell students is, you know, because people that write books and teach courses and like make livings with blogs. Look, man, I always say you can use project management to build a rocket ship. That doesn't mean it's rocket science. Yeah. Hey, I need a better business process. It takes me 39 days to make this pin and get it to market and I'm losing money. Mm -hmm. I would love to get it to market in 21 days. Okay, you don't need a PMP in there writing a nine and a half inch plan. That's going to take them another nine and a half months. Oh, what yeah. you need is a lean six black belt guy in there, call Phil. You need a guy to come in there and say, okay, 
You got a 39 day process. Show me your process map. Well, I don't have one. Okay, there's your first false start. That means you ain't got a process. You're catching as catch can. Let's yeah. map the process. Okay, now we know the steps. You're just using Demaic, which yeah. is just different than the Pinbot guide, which is just different than the Scrum framework, or they're just different. It's it's a I think of ourselves as a general contractor. Mm -hmm. If somebody needs something built, and I'm being proverbial. Somebody mm -hmm. needs something built. It could be a bathroom remodel. It could be a new driveway. It could be a new roof. It could build build me a custom home. Okay. Mm -hmm. What tools do I need to bring? Oh, I got to move some earth. Okay, I'll bring a dozer. Yeah. Oh, I got to do some roofing. I better bring a roofing hammer and a, a scraper to get all the old stuff off or whatever. Hey, man, I got a business process. Okay, cool. Get your black belt Demaic stuff out. Hey, man, I got to build something. Airstrip. Okay, cool. Get your PMP out. Hey man, I got to build a, uh, we got to bring a new product to market, or we just got a new air force instruction or a new army instruction. I got to re-engineer my work center. Okay. Let's do that agilely. Let's develop a burn down chart. And you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's, it's all project management. So when they ask you that, you're like, uh, you don't know what project management is, do you? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's exactly it. I tell them, so that's the same. I give the same analogy. So I use this, right? After I get the Marines to stop licking their cameras, we have a conversation about these crayons. And I tell them like, this is, this is project management of Lean Six Sigma. We're going to teach you 64 colors. Like every kid was excited. When I was, I saw, I saw the crayon box. I was like, yes, I'm coloring every damn thing I can find. Right. Yep. Well, my question to them is how many, how many of these 64 do you need to color Scooby-Doo? And they're like three, four or five. I'm like, brilliant. Okay. You're done Scooby-Doo. Put the crayons back. All right. How many do you need to color in Lightning McQueen? Oh, I only need three or four. I was like, but they're different colors, aren't they? That's what we are doing. That's how I try to explain that from a very simple perspective. Stop trying. Why didn't to I just say that? Did I steal that, dude? You got to write that. That's a that's a blog post. Yeah, yeah that's a blog it. post for sure, dude. That's amazing. So it's it's it, but but I'll tell you, you know why I came up with that, and this is where um, I try to set myself apart in training. I've sat through training programs where they use all of the big words on purpose, and you're looking at them, and you're like, I don't know what you just said. That was way too many syllables for my feeble mind. I'm like, I tell them all the time when I get there. I'm like, look, I'm getting older. I was in the army. You're going to have to speak sl slow with small words or this just won't work. So I try to approach that when I teach. And that's how I got to that. How do you explain to soldiers this concept? Crayons works extremely well. So I try to teach everything and take complex topics and complex thoughts and break them down to very simple language. And what I'll do over the course of our training is build them up to the bigger words, like week one, small words, simple understanding. And then we just start weaving. It's like almost weaving in a new language, right? You start yep. adding, you say the simple word and add the big word and they start correlating them. And by the end, they're using big words and they don't even know it. Um, but that's how I got to the crayon box. Somebody kept asking me, they were like, they're like, oh my God, I'm so nervous about doing a project. Whether again, it's LSS or project management. I don't know where to start, you know, fear. Fear is the first roadblock that any of them find. It is that it is that uh, barrier to entry that they can't move past. And I'm like, why are you so afraid? And they're like, oh my God, there's so many tools. I don't know what to do with it. And I was like, go get a box of crayons. I want you to go color Scooby-Doo right now and tell me how many crayons you're using. And I was like, one, it'll calm your mind. You know, don't do too much Scooby-Doo stuff. It might calm your mind more than you're looking for, but <laughs> color. That's the concept we're looking for. How do you color a page? You take one crayon out of the box. I was like, that's how you start a project. Take one crayon out of the box. Don't worry about the rest of them. You'll figure it out later. And, you know, because one of the things that we stress in the training is all of the tools linked together somehow. The output of one tool is the input to another tool. And I tell them, I'm like, if you find yourself 
using a tool that's brand new with no input, you're using the wrong tool. Put that color back. You know, you don't need purple to, to color Scooby-Doo. Don't use it. Put it back. So I try to keep everything as basic as I can. It seems to uh, land well, especially with, you know, the younger population that, that's, again, TikTok oriented. They need small words. They need it fast, right? They want to absorb fast. They don't want to Google that word later to figure out what it meant. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the truth with all certification training, right? I mean, it's it's their own lexicon that, yeah. that they tried to make super complex so that it's theirs. And in reality, and I'm still in Garrick, our lead instructor's word, it's just people solving problems. You've got a problem for efficiency. You use your uh, CPI and Lean Six. You've got a problem for, hey, I've got to deliver a house. Well, you use your project management, right? So, I mean, it's 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 a beautiful analogy. And if you can simplify it at Lean Alaska to where, hey, we're not even going to use any of the Lean Six words. Let's just start off with, hey, right, let's solve this problem. We've identified a situation. We're going to run it through you know, this process that we're going to call this or X or Y, and then we're going to have an output. So right. I love the way it, I love it. So yeah. as, as we get this show going and we've had the, uh, a bit of time to get to know you and in, in Alaska and what you guys stand for, super impressed. Um, what, what's some of the things that as you, because you've got a ton of experience one with projects with Lean Sigma, and then also with uh, transitioning as a, a veteran yourself. What are you seeing as one of the huge benefits or one thing that they need to start thinking of today or do today to help them transition a little better? So one of the things with Lean Six Sigma is things, again, like we've kept saying, things are a process. You know, you do things kind of in order. Well, that's no different than how we do things in the military. Um, so, you know, when it, I, I kind of almost approach transitioning as its own project with deliverables and requirements along the way. One of the things that I, I, I talk to a lot of transitioners about recently is a pace plan, right? They, they tend to understand, you know, the army concepts or the military concepts. And again, very tactical world that I grew up in, pace plan was a thing, primary, alternate, contingency, and emergency. That's how we focus on an operation, you know, two is one, one is none kind of concept. And I'm like, you know, I, so I speak to them from their from their lexicon do you understand oh yeah we do pace plans all the time i'm like great well we're not planning an operation right now we're planning your life approach that from that perspective let's build a pace plan for you what are the things how do you see your transition is it a w-2 is it a 1099 is it an entrepreneur is it a gs employee is it just you know live at home dad or mom what is it we're going to associate that as a pace plan two years out and then you're going to again from like a work breakdown structure, you're going to deconstruct each one of those into what the requirements are, the task elements for that. When, when it seems like when you can wrap their mind around that, you're giving them a military way to do a civilian thing. And, and it, it links in their head, that barrier to entry becomes very small because they're using an army tool to plan a civilian thing. And it yeah. seems to start helping them line up what they want to do. Cause like they asked me for mine. I said, I'm an entrepreneur now. It was my contingency plan. It wasn't my primary or my alternate because when I transitioned from the military, it went from me to we really fast. It wasn't about my career. It was about we as a family. And that's how I associated my pace plan. I even sat down my family and my wife. She didn't know what a pace plan was, but as I explained it, she got it. And she was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, at least you have a plan. We'll start with that because I'm not traditionally known for planning. But yeah, that's, I think that's one of the, the, the areas that I spend time with, with those veterans that are in transitioning is how do you take that, what they've learned in the past 20 years and correlate that with 
how they're going to speak on the outside, because we also have this conversation of resumes and everything else. I'm not opposed to resumes, but I don't think resumes are the end all be all of everything. Resumes talk a lot from the perspective of effort. You know, I want to talk from the purpose of results. People understand results. So you start building that into the addition of your pace plan as you're having conversations and it changes the landscape. So like, those are my two biggest messages. I feel like I'm just kind of tangenting off now. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit the pause button and give it back to you. No, but you know, that's a, that's a great tangent, Phil. So one of the, you know, Jeremy and I have been at this for like seven years now. We've helped over 6,300 people. They're all making 85,000 or more a year. And they're all do, doing meaningful, lucrative work. You know, once you've been the chief, once you've been the chief mm-hmm. warrant officer, uh, you know, I mean, you're, you're used to doing meaningful, lucrative, right? You've been the company commander. Uh, punching a clock in a cubicle somewhere just doesn't usually fit the bill, right? So what we see folks struggle with, the most recurring themes are, it's tough to ask for help because I don't ask for help, mm-hmm. right? I'll figure it out. The second thing is, is we tell them in taps, hey, imagine the new in-state. Hey, imagine the new you. Mm-hmm. And then we take away their purpose and their meaning. So HR, for all my first shirts, my gunnies, my chiefs, my, you know, uh, XOs, like all the people who did troop leading welfare stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. Go into HR. For all my folks who did mission stuff. Cool. Look at Lean Six. Look at PMP. Look at PSM. Look at look at the project management credentials. Yeah. For all my folks who did, hey, I loved running operations. Hey, I was a functional manager. I ran the shop. I ran the armory. I ran the gauge cow shop. I ran the jet shop. Cool. Go be an operations manager. Get your CM. So what I what I have found like with you and the Lean Six and the Black Belt is these new careers, when you understand that fundamentally, oh, I'm going to work for big organization, Mama Army, Mama mm-hmm. Air Force, Mama Navy, and I'm going to go work for big organization, USAA, Coca-Cola, Lean Alaska, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They all have people who need paychecks, yep. who have to get mission done, who've got stakeholders or bosses. I mean- we there's a big organization that has the same problems that a big organization has. It doesn't matter whether we're wearing ties and coats or blouses. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. So that's what we have found that the professional credentialing really kind of helps us help them create the new picture of you. Yeah. Right. There is no career field manager sitting in DC somewhere. What do you want to be? Where do you want to live now? Hey, if you looked at HR, if you looked at project management, translate your skills and stuff into that for your resume, which I agree with you, Phil, is not the end all. The -hmm. resume gets you the interview. The interview gets you the job. The resume doesn't get you a job. You're skipping a step. Mm -hmm. So have you found that too, that that when when they go from crayon to demaic, when Mm -hmm. they go from, I don't know how to spell black belt to, hey man, I'm on my way to being a black belt. Like now they've got purpose. Now they've got mission. Now they've got a new vernacular. Mm -hmm. Now they can stop speaking military and speak something that civilians you walk by a black belt talking to another black belt in the hallway bro you know they're not an accountant you know they're not a medical doctor you know they're not in the marketing department i mean you know exactly oh they must work in the pmo you don't even know what they do but you're like oh they must be project managers right yeah Yeah, it changes language it's it's hilarious too because i tell everybody this in the class right up front i'm like I'm going to apologize on day one, because whether you like this class or hate this class, it's going to change how you look at the world and how you look at life. You can't unsee the training when you get there. So I'm warning you up front. And they they don't really know what I mean by that. And then like week two, I had a guy that came back to me and he was like, I got to be honest with you. Pardon my French. He's like, you're an asshole. And I was like, what did I do? 
And he was like, man, I, he was, he's in Nashville, Tennessee, right? He was like, look, man, every Friday I go out with my wife. We watch the concert. We have some drinks. It's a good time. He was like, this time, all I found myself sitting there doing was holding my drink and counting the steps that the waitresses or the waiters were taking to deliver. That's and then in my mind, I'm like, wow, this is a way they could do that differently. That would be, you know, it would get me my drink faster. He was like, from a customer's perspective, if I tell them how to do it better, I get drinks faster. He was like, I don't even know who the hell was playing that week because that's all I thought about. He was like, I can't stop looking at things from that perspective because it does. It changes how you think and speak. And that's against the spectrum, right? Project management to LSS, to PSM, to all of them. It crosses that spectrum. It changes how you think, act, and speak. That's what they need to do when they transition. You have to modify how you think, act, and speak. This is just a course. Yeah, there's a certification for you, but it's also training how to change your language. Because that's what we always say. The hardest thing to do is change from military to civilian. Great. We're going to give you a bridge. I knew it, JB. The bartender's the bottleneck, damn it. I knew yeah. it. Because they carry one drink in one damn hand. You're like, you have a whole nother hand right here. Honestly, you have pockets. If you could figure that out, put a cut, put a lid on it, right? I do it for my kids. You, that's right. you bring me a beer and a straw faster than a beer and a mug, I'm still drinking it. I don't care how you get it to me. That's right. Uh, well, I think it's beautiful. I mean, honestly, I know, I know we're moving. You, you actually covered so much in that little statement. So I'm just kind of want to repeat it for the MTA nation out there is some of these courses, right? It's not that you're the way your brains work and wired, but you've got all these mental buckets and all these courses will help you um, open up new buckets or see them in new light, yeah. old way of doing things. I do it myself. As soon as I got my PMP, I immediately started working on decision tree analysis, right? When I was purchasing a lawnmower, I couldn't unsee it. And then I'm using it in my house. And finally, my wife's like, okay, stop it with that stuff. Like, just, just oh not. My God. Right. Don't you get in trouble for that? Do, oh my, oh, yeah. Don't try to apply LSS in my house. I tried that one time. Let yeah. me tell you how, how fast that failed. Yeah, yeah. My project sponsor cut me off. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. Well, but you but you know why? Because we didn't use the small word theory. Right? Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Did, we didn't let that, we didn't build them a bucket for it. So they can't put it anywhere. That's so right. really that's what you were doing on week one is you're building them a bucket to where they can start storing new knowledge mm -hmm. and then they can go back to that well, pull it out and utilize it in life. And so it's not just about the certification, it's about the transition as well. You're learning civilian skills. Yeah. Just the way you learned in basic training, just the way you learned in your advanced training, this is how civilians think, or at least some civilians think. And you'll have a you'll have that rapport, that immediate rapport with anybody that's a black belt, anybody that's a project manager. You're going to talk like them, think like them, work like them, and people will see it. Mm -hmm. uh, and why is the pace, your pace plan not in taps already? I mean, that's that's my big question. Jeez, that would have been cool. Yeah, I don't know. That, that literally just kind of came to me in a conversation one day, and I've just kind of been feeding off of it. I keep getting asked the same question. I've never actually written it down. I just I just keep saying it. But um, Look, There's but, another know, blog post, brother. I know, right? Yeah. I'll coach you up, dude. Yeah. I'm going to coach you. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, because otherwise it'll turn from a blog post into a novel. You know, it just, like I said, I got to learn how to write shorter. But no, what you're saying, JB, is, is 100%. And, you know, one of the things, and I know that, that you guys do it as well as we do, when we talk about that bridge, and that change in, in information, especially during a time of transition, our courses have both military members and civilian members in there. So we train companies as well that have no association to the military. And right. when it, it is so interesting to see the dynamic of a 20-year transitioning soldier in a, in a course that either has you know, a 22-year-old person entering a career field or somebody that's a you know, middle-level manager at 40 to 45, but has never served or even really been associated with the military watching them talk 
And by the, you know, in the beginning, the first week, they don't understand each other. But by the last week of the training, it's like they've always known each other. So, you know, it's one of those uh, secondary effects that comes along with the training because you have this integration of industry to military. It, but it, but it also opens. I mean, there's so many second and third order effects. It's not even funny, though. The doors that it opens are like, hey, I work for so and so's company. Maybe you should come talk to us. Right. You know, I, I never expected any of that to happen, and I started seeing it for the first time. And I was like, wow. Now I'm at the point where I'm afraid to try to harness that energy because you know you sometimes you don't want to disrupt the, the beautiful chaos that happens right you just want to let crazy be and and it, it'll continue to be crazy and that works out well so um you know don't poke the bear kind of thing but um i love the i love that you said integration because you can integrate you know when what and that's one of the things we tell the companies we consult with like once all of you are speaking the same language you yeah. all talk about the same things in the same way and everybody knows what you're talking about so mm -hmm. communication ambiguity goes down Risk of getting the wrong stuff done at the wrong time goes down. Mm -hmm. Speed of action goes up because everybody knows what you just said, right? Yeah. And we roger up and we move out, right? Yeah. So, you know, and when you're talking about this stuff, Bill, you can integrate processes. You can integrate uh, generations. You can integrate social statuses and educational classes. I mean, the E1 and the E3 can contribute as much as the O5. I mean... Yeah. It, it breaks down those barriers because we're all on a team and we're all using the same processes, the same toolbox, the same, you know, I mean, I just, it's so powerful. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you know, when I give keynotes and stuff, I mean, you know, people say, Eric, why do you get so excited when you talk about project management and you talk about transition? It's like, it's the only thing I've ever found that allows a 24 year old kid completely washed out of the fleet with no idea what the hell he was going to do when he grew up. And at mm. times wondered if he was ever going to grow up, just I'm a coward. Yeah. Right. And wow, man, when I stood up straight and I cut my nails and I shaved and I put a suit and tie on and I did this project management thing, I got promoted. I got raises. I was good at it. What was I doing? I was just putting together teams of people creating shared vision and using subtle peer pressure and getting shit done. And people were paying me and promoting me, man. Like I couldn't believe they were paying me to do it. it that's where the power comes from. It can change a Joe's life. It could change a Marine's life. It could change a sailor's life. I mean, I've seen it happen time and time again. And in fact, I just heard from one of my favorite poster children, all 6,300 plus of them are my children. I love them all. But I got reached out to from one of our very first guys, a, a Green Beret guy. And he's now USAA and he's just killing it, man. Dude's, you know, VP level already and whatever. And he was just like, hey, Doc, man, thanks for everything, dude. Here's this thing I'm doing over at USA. And he just wanted to chat about a project. Yeah. And, you know, and I told him, I'm like, dude, when you, when you thank me for stuff, you realize you're doing all the hard work, bro. He's like, I know, but dude. Like you showed me the roadmap and you gave me flashlights for the battery so I could stay on the trail and not fall off the cliff. Yeah. You know, and what a that's it's 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 elegant in its simplicity, but but that's what I love about this man. It's literally like a compass. Hand him a compass, hand him a land nav map, say, hey, bro, <laughs> here's your data points. Go hit them. You yeah, know, it's a, teach, it's a teach a man to fish, right? And I I tell people the same thing. They're like, why do you get so passionate about it? And I was like, I'm a, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. The passion grows more over time. I was like, you think I'm passionate now? Come talk to me in five years. But it's because of those scenarios. When you see the light bulb go off in somebody, when they go from the dull light and all of a sudden they get it, you know, LSS makes sense or PMP makes sense, or you associate those with the, the um, progression in your life or the achievements in your life, that light bulb goes off. 
just like you said, we're not doing it. We're just kind of saying some words. You're actually doing it. But when you see them succeed, man, it's like fuel to the fire. You're like, this is why I do it because of the positive return that it has. And what's even better is it's not my positive return. It's theirs. And that's what, that's what gets you excited because that's what's built into us in the military. We have grown up in teams for years in the military. I don't care what branch of the service it is. We function as a team. When the team succeeds, we succeed. So now as we're done and we continue to train and we're watching our team succeed, man, that's just fuel of the fire. You love it. And, and like you said, the fact that we get paid for it, I don't know how that happens, but I'm all right with it. You know, when I, when I hear you talk about it, Phil, and I hear this every time I talk to you on the phone, dude, I hear your passion come through and it's, and it's absolutely intoxicating to be around, right? Cause you, you're, you, you realize that you're talking to another human being who's figured out what Mark Twain said. One of my favorite Mark Twain quote, yeah. Mark Twain quotes, there's, two most important days in somebody's life. It's the day they're born and it's the day they figure out why they were born. Yeah. And when I hear you talk, like, I'm like, this dude knows what he's doing. He had a wonderful career in the army, mm -hmm. but now with each and every single black belt he makes, he's, he's making a difference. And when it's a vet, you're making a difference for potentially generations in their lives. And if we want to get totally, you know, metaphysical about it, you're literally leaving thousands of little pyramids on your Giza plateau, dude. They'll be here long after you're gone. And to me, that is just, and then like you said, on top of all that great stuff, they're going to pay me too. And there's no shame <laughs> policy. Are you serious? Yeah, right? Sign me up, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get to your level. I can't get there yet. You know, it's too long. I breathe through it. It freaks me out. I shave it off. You know, I'm not far enough past retirement yet. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's why we love it. You know, and I like the fact that you like the word integration, because I'm here to tell you one thing that I know we have all learned that words matter. You know, words are very specific. And when I talk to people that are transitioning, integration is a time element, right? It takes time to integrate something. So I, whether it's a company or a transitioners, you know, they, they say, well, I want to do like some, I want to implement something. I'm like, you do realize that implementing is not necessarily time bound. You know, when you look at consultants, they're not lean implementation consultants, they're lean transition consultants. And they're like, why is that? Or transformation. That's what I was looking for time bound. And I was like, because you can't wake up one day and all of a sudden you're it. Implementing is the act of doing something. Uh, transformation is the act of implementing it over time. And again, that's where the courses come in and the credentials come in. And that's where we as Vets to PM in Lean Alaska become that guide. You can't wake up one day, take a course and say, I'm Lean Six Sigma or I'm PMP. There's a transformation that has to happen. Our companies are designed and we focus on that transformation. Like, like I said, training is only the honeymoon, right? The marriage comes after, you know, the, the real word for that is transformation. So, I mean, I'm glad you keyed in on that word because words matter. You know, words are really important, especially when you only get one or two. Um, have you ever seen, it's long, it's a pod, it's a, not a podcast, but it's a video on YouTube by General Perkins in 2014, where he talked about um, Tradoc's uh, new fight, you know, the, their new concept of the army. I'm going to share the link with you um, because he was like, I was given six words. I was given six words to describe how we're going to design the army to fight in the year 2025 and beyond. How do you shape? an army strategy with six words. They all have to have really deep meaning. Excellent video to watch. I'll share that with you though. Yeah, oh. I, that sounds great. Yeah, that is great. And speaking of time bound, I mean, I love that you actually kind of poked that in there too. As these military members that are listening to us or these veterans that are out in the service um, or in the civ div as we like to call it, is what kind of timeline would you start these certifications and start that transformation because you don't want to wait 
until the day you're getting your DD-214, right? I mean, that would be too late. You, you're time bound in the wrong position. That is, that, JB, that is an excellent question, man. And I, and I, I don't have the answer to it. Um, what I, wow, this is going to be such a ambiguous answer. And I hate giving ambiguous answers. There's never too early to start. I would tell you if you're anything beyond your two-year window of transition, like if you're in that two-year window, you're in hustle time right now, right? Your, your wheels should be spinning faster because what makes a credential different than a degree, just Phil's opinion, is the practical application of it, right? Yeah. In order to be a project manager, you need the training, but you have to be able to apply it. In order to be LSS, you have to apply it. I keep telling them all, you can learn to do it on the outside, but when you're in the military, you can do a project and make a mistake and you're not going to get fired, right? You just might get slapped on the wrist. You have to work hard to get fired from the army, right? Like that's a thing, you know, I'm not even going to go down that path. That was getting ready to tangent off into a dark space, but you have to have time. So I tell them, you know, two years out, it's not because I think that's the mark on the wall. It's because from my experience, two years is a good time to be a practitioner of a credentialing skill set that you've taken. However, that doesn't mean wait until two years and, and hear me, whoever is listening. I used when the army rolled this concept out, they said, I want to focus Lean Six Sigma from the army perspective on my senior leaders because they'll teach the ones below them. That's bullshit. They'll talk about it. I didn't say they would teach them. There's a lot of other things we have to do, you know, like fight wars and fix equipment. So my thing to them was, why won't you let the privates go? Why won't you let the young lieutenants go? They can absorb and learn Greenbelt. If you could, and, and one of my favorite, we did an exercise with a brigade, and, and I'll try not to dig too deep into it, but I asked my brigade commander, we did, there was 36 companies in the organization, 33 of them were changing out company commanders within 45 days, plus all of their first sergeants, plus five out of the six battalion commanders and the brigade sergeant major, largest turnover I'd seen in 24 years. And I said, wow. I went to the brigade commander, I said, give me six of your pre-command captains that are coming in before they even take command. I want one from the maneuver, one from the CAV, one from the engineer, one from the BSB, and I want an FSE commander, which is a loggy in a tactical element. I want to teach them green belt, and then I want you to measure them because 33 coming in at the same time, they're all going to get report cards around the same time. I want to see if teaching them pre-command changes their command time. Out of the six that I trained, all of them were in the top 10 after that 18-month command cycle. So I say that as I say, it's never too early to start or learn. So when you ask that question, you know, when do you start? As soon as you can. I would look at that more of a two-year timeline. If you're in that two-year window, you're in a crunch cycle at this point. So I don't know that that answers it well, because there's a lot of difference between day one and two years out. Yeah, I, th I think it does. I think the point that you're making is <clears throat> you need a little bit of time with the certification so you can yeah. operationalize it, you can use it, and you can be confident when you walk into an interview and say, well, show me how you've done Lean Six, or show me how you've done project management, give me a, you know, a portfolio of what you've worked, yeah. right? And, and then gets back to just to bring it full circle. The resume will have results. That's right. On it, right. Cause it's going to have, this is what I did to produce X and it resulted in X amount of million dollars in savings or whatever else, you know, I mean, I, I blew up the death star. I mean, you, you know how these uh, oh, yeah. military reports are, but yeah, hey, you uh, also, you also answered a really good question too. So you, you kind of give them that, that here's here, you're probably at the panic button, right? Mm -hmm. If you're inside of a year out, yeah, two years, you better get on the horse and get moving. But I a hundred percent agree with you. And, and I said this right after I did all the project management training is this should be at a minimum, 
in E5 getting trained up. Because if you want to train troops, you want to train airmen, sailors, soldiers, Marines, spacemen now, or guardians, whatever they are, you want, you want, to, you want to train those folks, you're going to have to do it at the middle management level. Which is your E5s, right? They're gonna, they're the ones who push knowledge down. They're the ones who receive knowledge from the top. So those are the folks you really want trained, and they'll they'll push it to their work centers. So yeah. I mean, I think you're spot on. I love the fact that you took uh, some some captains and made it happen, and then the results were clear. I mean, what a cool experiment. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. That you no, know, most of them now are like mid grade majors moving into lieutenant colonels. Guess who's still calling to get training for their organizations? Exactly. So it lasted with them. You, it wasn't just an experiment, just like Doc said earlier. You know, it's something that, that stands the test of time with them. You, they yeah. couldn't unsee the training, brother. You changed it, right? You rewired a pathway in their brain, it, dude. Yeah. Now they're all calling me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. As we wrap it up, I mean, what if uh, Doc and I, we usually like to ask, you know, is there is there a certain book, motivational book that you would recommend to read? Or one of your favorites that, you know, knowledge transfer? Oh, man, that's, that is a hard list to narrow down. I mean, first and foremost, I would say read both of Doc's books. If you haven't, you're already, you know, you're already behind the power curve. Start with those. But books beyond what Doc has on there, um, there are two books that I follow heavily, and, and they're pretty common books. One of them is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. I like a lot of, of what he has to say. What I find so interesting about that book is, you know, when he talks about the golden circle, you know, from the why, how, what perspective, we don't necessarily speak from that perspective. And I keep getting there like, oh, but that's the corporate structure. And I was like, is it really? I was like, when you break the golden circle down, if you read the book, he tips that on the side and it becomes a cone, right? And your why is the CEO, the up and out thinker, big strategy. And that's what they're there for. They're not supposed to be down and in. That's your how. Your how is your middle managers, your CFO, COOs, they handle internal organization stuff, right? They think down and in for the organization, translating the crazy from the CEO. That's why we get to be crazy. And then the what is the team, the doers, that cone. I was like, that's the military. CEO, that's your brigade commander, up and out thinker, translating guidance from higher. He siphons that down to your staff levels. What are they? Middle managers. They execute the will of the brigade commander. That book speaks to me on so many different ways because it was written from a corporate perspective, but so easily translatable to a military organization. And I wow. tell people, if you can connect those dots, you'll enjoy that book a lot better. The other one I read heavily is uh, Eric Reese's um, The Lean Startup. And I do that one because of its connection to entrepreneurship. When he talks about operating in extreme uncertainty, you know, yes, that is an entrepreneurial thing. If you're starting a company, you will operate in extreme uncertainty. Guess what happens when you transition from the military? You're operating in extreme uncertainty. Understanding a pathway for pivot or persevere will help you understand when to pivot or when to persevere in your transition. So those two books, I kind of put pretty high up there. I like reading those. I've read them both multiple times. Phil, the Eric Reese book is such a damn fine suggestion. I think I'm going to read it. In fact, I'm reading it right now. It was so yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm literally reading the book right now. And I'm also reading Jeff Gothel's um, Lean UX or Lean User Experience, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Great, book. Um, great book. Yeah, great books, man. Great books. Wow, that is good. Two good recommendations. And in fact, we we talked about uh, Simon Sinek's why uh, in, in our uh, project management class because it is powerful. Yeah. So I do love it. I, I think though you couldn't get better recommendations. Anything that you want to leave, any parting shots for a transitioning member? 
I mean, like I said, well, maybe a couple of things. One, kind of like what you were talking about, JB, if you haven't started, start now. And notice I didn't assign a time frame to that. Just start now. If you've joined the military, you're already working on transitioning. You just don't know it yet. So, you know, remember that. Um, the other is find a mentor. And by a mentor, I don't mean uh, there's a, you know, I had a battle buddy, so to speak, when I transitioned, another person in transition with me. Great guy, SAR major out of Hawaii. His name's Clint Keeley. We talk all the time. We never served together, but we transitioned together. And that was a different brotherhood. When I say find a mentor, Find somebody that has transitioned within a year time frame that just went through it to suffer the battle scars, right? Still has that immediate PTSD of coming out of it and latch on to them. Now, the thing about mentors, though, that doesn't mean just find somebody. It's find somebody that you can relate to and understand to that thinks the way you think, feels the way you feel. That'll help because they're on the back end of that. So, you know, don't just take the first person, look for the right one, but look for one because, um, yeah, there are, there are things you'll never be able to explain until you've been through it. And even the mentor that you have won't be able to explain it, but might be able to, to try to justify some of the crazy that you feel. Oh, that's great. Doc, any parting shots? You know, to that, I would add um, mentors. I look back over the 19 careers I've had, um, and there's always been at least one mentor mm -hmm. who the way I say it now to, to my folks, I mean, the nonprofit veteran project manager mentor Alliance that we co-founded is, you know, mentors are like the pressure that makes diamond. They apply mm -hmm. the right amount of pressure at the right amount of time in the right spots to what appears to others like a lump of coal. And someday it's a diamond. Yeah. Absolutely. I bet I had a lot of mentors that caught shit early on. Cause they were like, what are you mentoring that kid for? Oh, yeah. like, you know, he's a waste of time. Well, it turns out they must have seen, they saw the statue inside the block of marble. I looked like a rock to a lot of other folks, right? Yeah. So I would just add to Phil's sage wisdom. I mean, the dude's been spitting wisdom since he, we, we started record, but I often tell folks now, hey, you're my informal mentor. Mm -hmm. I mean, Phil doesn't know it, but he's mentoring me. There's things about his business. There's things about the way he teaches you can always learn something from the guys and the gals doing good stuff, man. Right. So you're an informal mentor. And I often tell my informal mentors, Hey, Jeremy, would you mind, dude? I think, I think I just found my informal mentor for a while. Would you mind most people? I give them a chance to say no. Right. <laughs> and I let them know that I'm going to be intrusive with a bunch of dumb questions, Yeah, but it's out of respect. It's out of affection. It's out of, you know, there's something about you that I admire and there's, a lot I think I can learn from you and you will be amazed veterans who aren't used to yeah. asking for help. The average bear will help you. Oh yeah. For they sure. They want to help you and they don't know how to say they, cause they hear don't tell us thank you and all that other nonsense in airports. Well, they don't know how to thank us. All they know is they didn't wear the cloth and they feel some of them feel bad about it. And yeah. others just are genuinely appreciative of it because their ass didn't have to go to the suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, instead of pooping on them, say, hey, man, would you mind being my informal mentor? A lot of them will say, hell yeah, because they feel like they get to give back now. They feel like they're earning some of their keep. So, you know, to Phil's point, find more than one. Yeah. And, you know, let them know that you're mentoring from them. Let them know that you're the protege, man. It, mm -hmm. it does some really cool, genuine stuff in a relationship. And you're the one getting all the good stuff out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's your career they're enhancing. Nothing in it for them. Absolutely. So anyway, 
Yeah, no, brilliant. Absolutely agree with all of that. Yeah, just as we <laughs> just as we kind of roll up, roll up, very beautiful um, statements on both parts. How do we find you, Phil? How do we send people your way? Um, it's really not hard. Uh, Phil at leanalaska.com is my email. Um, the whole world has my phone number, so I'm not afraid to share that either, especially for veterans that need you know immediate service or help or just want to chat. My phone number is there, 907-203-7716. Give me a call. Um, I'm on, that's the same number works in WhatsApp, same number works in Signal. You know, if you're over the pond, those two applications work well. So, I mean, um, yeah, emails or text and phone calls is really the, the easiest way to uh, go. You know, if you're in Alaska, send me a dog sled, pigeon carrier. I'll take it any way I can get it. There you go. Excellent. You know, and I would just say too, you know, a lot of times we get the question, I feel I'm sure you get it all the time. Hey, what project management credential should I get? Hey, what project management should I be? <laughs> the answer is, hey, look, man. I don't care what you are, even if you're a functional manager, the reality is you're going to get put on projects or you're going to get asked to lead projects, period. And if you're working in an organization, some of them are going to be to re-engineer business processes. Some of them are going to be new build, new buildings. Some of them are going to be. So the more you can learn about your profession of project managing temporary things for temp, for people who are paying you some amount of money to do something through a team, there's a project, right? I mean, I would say to Phil's point about when, you know, it's not a matter of whether you're getting your PMP or your PSM or your Lean Six Sigma or whatever you're getting. It doesn't matter. If you ever think you're going to re-engineer a business process, mm -hmm. go take some of Phil's training. I mean, you know what they used to say in the military, right, lads? It's better to have something that you didn't think you'd need than to get to the point where you need it and you don't have it, right? Oh, yeah. You might That's as well right. have it in the rucksack. Might as well. And you don't ever know when you're going to need it, right? You're, you're asking what I should do now, but you know what? There's there's one empirical fact in life is change is hard and change will happen. So yeah, whether you need it now or not is irrelevant. You don't know what you're going to need in 10 years. So you might as well plan accordingly. Yeah. Quote that. For sure. Man, that's great. I, I can I can double down on it. You will need to change a process at some point. <laughs> sure, yeah. There's just, yeah. Don't wake up in the morning. Your process will inevitably change. Age is happening. <laughs> That's, that's right. A, that's a change in process, right? We don't jump out of bed anymore. We roll out of bed now. That's a change in process. That's right. Win, brother. that's right. Man, love it. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, I thanks think. for having me, for sure. Thank you for tuning in and spending a bit of time with us at the Military Transition Academy powered by Vets to PM. If we piqued your interest, but you want more details, please head over to the website vets2pm.com and see if we can help prepare you for a better tomorrow or a future meaningful and lucrative career.